TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, everybody under the sound of my breath, The Outsider's Edge brings to you the Total Package Series. Yeah! Woo! How's that for excitement, pal? <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, 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 not, it's not Triple H at Madison Square Garden, but I'll take it. <laughs> um, before we go any further, let me introduce... I, the your esteemed panel of two, because it's just us. <laughs> it's your boy Rance, aka Ray Cash. Of course, I am with Mr. Carl Carl Irvin. Carl. Um, if you don't know us, we're we're uh two-thirds of the outsider's edge, and we call ourselves the OGs. Little backstory into the relationship between Carl and I, for those of you who don't know, Carl and I started collaborating together uh eight, nine some odd years ago. Uh, we're like, like 10 now. Yeah, yeah, a long time ago. Yeah. At lordsofpain.net, now known as wrestlingheadlines.com. And we grew into the moniker, or created the moniker of the Outsiders, the Outsiders and the Outsiders Edge, which has went from being a collaborative, a collaborative not only that, but now a podcast that is expanding, expanded into multiple websites now since then. And has expanded into not only just that podcast, but side projects. And so, with that being said, one of the things that Mr. Irvin created is called the Total Package Series. So, before we go any further, Carl, good to have you back. Yeah, good to hear you, buddy. I can't express to you guys how much money I had to bribe this man with to get on to, you know, <laughs> this, this, the airways with me today. I'm here. I'm here, though. Because <laughs> the check cleared. That's why. Damn, damn right. Um, tell them a little bit about the Total Package series when you first created it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I could do that. So when we were, we were right when we were writing back then. This is probably maybe a year into me writing on the site. Maybe six, nine months, something like. That. I don't know. And then it's, it was fairly late after I had kind of when you first start out writing over there, like. You just get critiqued to hell. And so you have no choice but to improve. So I was looking for, I never really done any series. Like a lot of the stuff that I did was straight one topic type stuff. 
and I was trying to find something that would be fun for me to dive into, but also they used to give out the columnist of the month award and I was always trying to win one and I couldn't win. So I was like, okay, I got to come up with something, right? So this is what I came up with. And basically now Rance probably has the archives somewhere. I do not. It's lost in wherever it may not exist anymore. I have a bunch but, of them. Yes. Okay. So, but when I started, um, series the whole point was to put it together um base i base it off like five criteria and i was basically just doing a ranking system pretty cut and dry ranking you know give everybody on the roster a ranking average it out boom now when i did it i did a top five um but i put the series into like six or seven columns uh, mm-hmm. because i had some honorable mentions in there and another thing that I did on there was I would all I used a comparison. So if I've had, you know, Kevin Owens, who ended up being the number one at the time when I did it, mm-hmm. when I did when I like when I started that, um, I would give everybody like a comparison. Um, and part of that was because I wanted to like with the categories, especially I wanted people to understand what I meant by a category. So if I said someone if power was a category, I'm talking about someone like Mark Henry. Right. Because he's an incredibly world strongest man. Uh, so that was kind of like how I did it to kind of give people an idea of what I was doing. It's very, it's an arbitrary scale. It's all subjective. Um, anyways, that was kind of my goal. Um, I wanted to make sure that, you know, I was being as fair as possible. And at the same time, like, you know, it would be ridiculous if like I have like, and no offense to anybody who likes Buddy Murphy, but like, it would be ridiculous. I love Buddy Murphy. Why it would be Murphy? ridiculous for Buddy Murphy to be the total package. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I don't understand your point. <laughs> well, Rance <laughs> agree. But, so at the same time, like, some guys are just going to be, you know, and, and, and when you listen to the series, you'll probably have a good idea of who's going to be in the top spots. We can probably figure that out just based on how we talk about WWE in general and how the shows are going. You know, a lot of it's it's a little bit more cut and dry than you think, but there will be some surprises um, on how some people who miss the spots um, and people who got really close, people who didn't get close and probably should have, because uh, me and Rance are very different in how yes. we rank. Um, Rance is, uh, he, he is more, in my opinion, you are more generous and I am much less generous. Um, and uh, also, and, and to be fair, Rance is a much hard, he watches, watches and keeps up with, much more than I do. And that's perfectly fine. Um, so there are going to be some things like when we talk about certain categories, I might've given them a really bad score and Rance may have given them something high. And a lot of that's just because I'm not aware. If I'm not aware of something, I'm not going to just, you know, give you a 10. Uh, and we I will, thought that. We're going to talk about one of those in particular. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and that's, it does, it's not, it's not an attempt to slight anybody. So there's no, like, there's no ill will here, you know? So I just want to get that out of the way. Like normally, like, we don't really apologize anyway, but like, you know, there's, I'm going to say there's going to be one person specifically who did not get there. That is going to be like, really? And it's my fault, but you know, <laughs> you know, that's just how it is. So anyway, well, to be fair, I didn't of, write that. I didn't write that person in my top 10 either. I just write them a lot higher than you did. Right. Let me, right, let, me, right. Let, let me, let me get into to a little more of this backstory. Um, imagine if you're watching baseball in baseball, they have what's called a five tool player. And a five-tool player is thought of is is what's used to kind of surmise a great player in baseball. You can hit for average, you can hit for power, you can de- play defense, you can run, and you can um, what's the other one? 
five-tool player. Uh, well, now you're making me look stuff up. Whatever the fifth tool is, clearly I'm a basketball player. The baseball player doesn't remember, but that's that was where we got this from. Also, Bret Hart also start, mentioned this in one of his earlier books. So Carl started the idea, and our collaboration started growing, and we became not only regular collaborators, but friends. And so I said, hey, man, let me jump into this one. This, let me jump into the next time we do it, and let's do it together. Um, I believe you're mistaken, because the first one you did by yourself wasn't Kevin Owens as number one. I can't remember who it was, but it wasn't Kevin Owens. because was Kevin Owens. Because Kevin Owens was the number one when we did our Oh, you're right. Yep. And then I couldn't... Uh... I probably couldn't tell you who it was then. I I couldn't either, but I know it was so long ago. I don't think I don't even think Kevin Owens had debuted yet. Yeah, probably not. Probably um, not. Yeah. But I want to I want to break down to you because this first episode is just explaining to you all what the series is, a little bit of the backstory, and we want to talk about some of our honorable mentions that didn't make our top tens because it's fun to talk about it, and you're gonna be mad. So what the fuck? But also um, we want to. Obviously, we're explaining it, so we're going to go over the, the traits and what yes. we chose to use for our scale, and also the way we separated the shows. So, like, everything is, like, this episode will be a little bit of a mishmash of everyone, but we did separate it, split it up a little bit, too. So Yes, sir. Exactly. Um, we are hopefully planning to have five episodes of this. This episode, of course, is the intro and the honorable mention. Next episode will be a rundown of the top ten of Raw. Next episode will be a rundown of the top ten of SmackDown. And the next, the, the next episode will be a rundown of the top 10 of NXT, NXT UK, and 205 proper. The last episode will be a top 10 of everybody. This is WWE-centric. We, depending on how well this goes and time and things of that nature, we may do an indie one with AEW and other companies, but we have to understand Carl doesn't watch everything. But, yeah, I'm the worst. And, and, but no, that's fine, because, my God, there's only so much time in the day. Um, but I want to mention the five categories we used in the old uh, total package because we have revamped for the new age. The old one we had was grappling and mat wrestling as one category, brawling and striking as another category, high flying or power to try to encompass those who are power wrestlers or high flying wrestlers as kind of like a specialty skill. That was the third category. Mike and promo skills was the fourth, and character and appearance was the fifth. We rank everybody from a score between one and ten, really between six and ten, but Carl likes to throw threes and twos at people and shit like that. <laughs> um, Look, man, don't make it one to ten if you don't want me tossing you a three, okay? Leave me alone. Okay. I mean, look, you watch the NBA dunk contest, they ain't never gave nobody less than a five, dog. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, so before, before I even mention that to you, before we even go further and, and mention the new list, how do you feel about us changing? Cause I know I was the impetus for that, but what do you feel about the change of the old scale and now the new scale? Uh, I'm okay with it. I mean, cause if you think about it, especially with some, I mean, for instance, and I'll just say one of the ones that's on here, media presence, right? Well, that's not something that was really used before. and But if you think about it, that kind of makes sense. Because when you're doing this 10 years ago, yes, social media was a thing. Um, however, it's so much more a part of what these guys do. 
and a lot of them use it in ways to get themselves over um, or just to interact with people. So it's part, it's now part of what makes someone a great character or who, what makes someone, you know, a total package type of person, because it's not all you, and you know, I feel this way anyway, wrestling is not all wrestling. You know, there's so much more that goes into it. You know, these guys don't become who they become without certain aspects. And now you have to have certain outside abilities to, you know, to, to, um, grow your brand per se. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think, so, I mean, some of these guys have TV shows, you know, I mean, this is, we're talking about, I mean, this is, these are important things, you know, and though, and if you have a TV show, if you're the Miz, right. And you have a huge media presence that can bump you up greatly. If you have something else that maybe you lack in a little bit. So I think that's, um, I think it's important, but it can also hurt you too, you know? So I, th- I think that's kind of someone who you might expect to be number three or number four might be number nine or number 10 because maybe they don't have a strong this. And you're like, well, really? Like, what does that matter? But eh, I mean, I, I think you and I would both agree that those things are important now, but like maybe it's more important than it's ever been before, you know? And I, so I think that's, um, I'm good with the changes because you also, you make it a little bit harder to be the best of the best of the best, you know, to be the elite person instead of just saying five, and your averages are so close together and now you're struggling and you have a lot of ties in terms of scores and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. When you expand it and make it a little bit more um, difficult, mm-hmm. uh, it becomes a little bit more exclusive overall. So I think that I like the changes because I think it, it really gives us more to talk about too. You know what I mean? And I, I like, uh, we'll, we'll, I'm about to, I'm, we're going to tell you guys the 10 uh, categories in just a second, but speaking on the media presence category, which is one of the 10, I really liked adding that one for the things you just said, but also because in this day and age, and you guys, you know where I'm going, uh, we want so desperately to quantify who is or what is. Like, we sit and wait for 3 o'clock on Thursdays for the damn stupid NXT AEW ratings to see who was better and the quarter hours and the demos and demos matter now. And, you know, and they're they're... There is no real way to quantify things because, number one, the things that we used to use, Nielsen doesn't matter anymore. A lot of these major companies don't even, or major uh, uh, production studios, TV studios, don't even do analytics for anymore. They're not touring anymore, so you can't see who's drawing. We've never gotten the numbers for merchandise. And with no fans in the crowd, you can't get an idea of that anyway. So one of the best precursors to see who's really killing it is media presence. And I'll cite to you a guy like Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre has upped his media presence, and now he's not only, I think he said over a million followers, but he also got his own show on WWE Network. And he's smoozing with Matthew McConaughey and all these other famous people. That's something that makes him look like a big deal in the eyes of fans. And so I think that's something that not only helps his character xavier woods right oh yeah absolutely so things of things that nature i think it matters um so let's run down the top 10 do you would you like to do the honors or would you like me to uh you want to run down the 10 categories you mean the the 10 categories yes sir yeah give me one sec let me pull it up yeah i'll I'll, I'll, we can run them and i'll I'll give a little brief and if you want to like expand on it that's fine uh so yeah so going through my little spreadsheet here we're spreadsheet guys here at the outsider's edge Hey, um, Outsider's Edge, 
sponsored by Google Docs and Google Sheets and Google Drive. <laughs> if you're out there, Google, please. Uh, <laughs> please, hook your boys up. Okay. So the first one we have on the list is Look. Self-explanatory. Is that the first one? That's the first one. But I said self, okay. it's self-explanatory. I mean. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's okay. 100%. Yeah. How do you come across like when you come out there? Do you look the part? You know, like do you look like a wrestler? And people, I think people don't like this one sometimes because, you know, especially when a lot of the fans who are more like indie centric in terms of wrestlers, they they see they hear that category and they they don't like it because WWE has been notorious for picking guys that may not necessarily be the best wrestler in the world, but they just look like a star, you know. And I think that is um i think that one can be a little controversial at times um however you can't tell me that it doesn't matter because you look at celebrities or anybody a list they have a certain they have a certain look you know they just they look like stars and the point of wrestling especially wwe is they're trying you, you at least some people will tell you they aren't but the, the goal is to make stars and one of the best ways to do it is have someone who just looks the part so I think that one's pretty self-explanatory. Is there anything you want to add to that? Yes. Um, this this first, if we're just in the first category, it gives you a perfect example of why this is such a fun project because Carl and I think of things differently because the first thing Carl said when he thought of look is, do you look like a wrestler? And while that's important, that wasn't all that factored in for me. What factored in for me besides looking like a wrestler or a great look was, is your look unique? And when I think of that, I think of people like Bray Wyatt and Kevin Owens, for example, because they have very unique looks that fit their characters. And while if you look at Kevin Owens without the fact that his character is he's a prize fighter that fights for his family, you would think he looks like some smuck that come from an indie from a from a high school gym, which is true. But when you know the character, it fits. So just another way to see how both of us perceive what some people would think are the same things. Absolutely. Because you know me, I'm the, one of the biggest Kevin Owens. Like he's probably like my personal favorite wrestler. Honestly, I just <laughs> like the guy in general, but I didn't give him a strong number on look, you know, because I look at look differently than you do. I look at look differently than you do. So that that's another, like, that's why it makes like, if I just do this by myself, it's going to, it would look totally different probably with the, some exceptions than how you would do it. So I think, uh, yeah, that's a perfect way to put it, to, to describe it. Yeah. Okay. Go on. Uh, yeah. So the next one we have is character ability. And so mm -hmm. for me personally on character ability, I'm looking at one, do these guys have a character? You know, sometimes you have guys that are flat as a board, you know, they don't really have Murphy. Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Someone like Murphy, that's a good point. Uh, but then you've got guys, someone like, uh, once again, you could use Kevin Owens if you wanted to, as like you said, this, he's a prize fighter, and like, how does he play into the things that he does as a character? You know, what what is it like? Does is he consistent as a character? Like, is he always this guy? Like, it's not always, but you know what I mean. Like, is he, he whatever his character is to you or to me? Does he always play it in a way that is consistent with what they've presented to you most of the time on television? So that one. Um, and it may be more for you, Rance, but that—that's for me. That's kind of what I looked at in terms of uh, in terms of the character ability. Absolutely. And another thing about character ability is there are going to be some other categories that some people might think will fall into character ability. And we wanted to specifically kind of point out 
the aspect of a person's character that is um, expressed not necessarily through kind of like an all-encompassing thing, not just um, promo ability, because that is another category. We'll get to that. But like you said, the consistency of your character, does your character make sense? Do, do we, in certain cases, like your character? Um, does your character interact with people that is that makes sense to what we think the character should be? Are you portraying the character that you showed us and living up to that character? If you're a big, strong, scary guy like Braun Strowman, and then one, one day you run away from a fight, well, you're not being true to your character. Right. And I know this is a lot of, a lot, if not all of that is straight booking, but again, that plays a part in how you are perceived. You think of um, Bow Wow coming back to wrestling and all the shit he's been talking with T-Bar and Retribution and that. Well, he did an interview saying that the reason he came back to wrestling and got interested was he saw The Fiend. And there's one thing you could say about Bray Wyatt for all of the positives and negatives, all the negatives you can say is he has always been true to his character, depending on the character he was playing. And Regardless so, of how ridiculous it might be on the surface of some people. It, yeah. Exactly. And that goes to show you, with a former fan coming back because he saw that, that goes to show how character ability can be perceived and how important it is to a fan. So, yeah. But, yeah, you're, you're right on point. Okay, so we'll move to the next one. And the next one is pretty self-explanatory. Entering ability. Um, and the, the thing that I love about this one is, for me personally, when you, of course, obviously, you know, when we think of entering ability, how, how good of a wrestler are these guys? Like, how much, what can they do in that ring? Because, you know, there is a bell-to-bell part, and it is important. Um, but it's, it's for someone like me, um, this keeps this whole series grounded. Because I don't necessarily focus on entering ability as much as others do. You know, there are going to be people out there that will tell you that, you know, Cesaro, who is an amazing wrestler in the ring, should have won a million world titles by now simply because he's a great wrestler, right? And while I would disagree with that notion, um, it keeps me grounded because now I have to say, okay, well, what is Cesaro as an in-ring wrestler? <laughs> is he a 10? You know, because he's clearly like, because otherwise, if, if this isn't in here, he might drop a little bit because he's maybe a little bit less than in some other categories. So the good thing about in-ring ability is it really keeps it, it keeps it fair because that is part of the deal, whether I like it or not, <laughs> you know what I mean? And I do, I, mean, I do care about that, but at the same time, like it's not the be all end all for me. So it keeps it for me, it just keeps the series grounded a little bit. Um, and, and like I said, pretty self-explanatory on my end, how good are you in between the bells? So. Yeah. And I'm with you on that. I think that the, the least, mo- the least important part of, being a professional wrestler is the wrestling. And I and I know people get pissed off when I say that, but I say that because you can train anybody to do it. You can't train anybody to stand in front of 20,000 people and cut a promo. You can't train anybody to portray a character like The Undertaker and and or you can't train anybody for the toughness or for uh, or, or or for the injuries to work through the injuries or to ride the roads or whatnot. But you can train somebody to do the physical matches. I'm telling you, because I've been in, I've ran the ropes, I've taken bumps, and I'm physically a wreck. So I think it's the least most important part, but it is still an integral part of business. I yeah. also want to point out, and if you if you don't mind, I want to I want to bring forth the next topic. 
Yeah, go ahead. Uh, because when we speak of in-ring ability, I, I wanted, want you guys to know that we're speaking in generalities. We're not speaking in specifics because the next category is specific. What I mean by that is the next category is specialty skills. And this is something I created. And I created it because so many of these wrestlers nowadays kind of almost fit into an archetype. You have a power wrestler. You have the high flyers. You have strikers and brawlers. You have hardcore wrestlers. You have technical uh, aficionados. And I tried to find a way to let that be a part of it, uh, kind of let that be a part of the total package. Because it is the total package. One of the things that sets off a guy like Cesaro is that when you see him, it doesn't look like he should be the strong, but he's by far maybe the strongest person in the business. Yeah, pound for pound. Yeah, probably so. Right? Or we talk about Rey Mysterio, who's probably known as the greatest high flyer in American wrestling. And he's five foot four, five foot five. But he's a three-time world champion. He wouldn't be that without his high-flying ability. He's not sure. here trying to lift people up, right? Shinsuke is a world-class striker. What would he be without his strikes? Carl joked that Finn Balor was nothing but kicks. Well, those kicks won him multiple world championships. Definitely, yeah. Um, So I just wanted to kind of uh, explain that because that one was a little difficult. And that was also a carryover from the last total package we had where we had specifically high flyer or power and brawling and or and striking and mat wrestling and grappling. Yeah, we yeah. Encompassed it into one, and we went looked at each person and said, "Okay, what are their specialty skills in yeah. the ring?" And give them and let's give them let's, let's score them on how well the specialty skills are because it isn't just bumping, it isn't just running the ropes, it isn't just general uh, wrestling acuity, but it's what am I good at in the ring and how well am I at that? Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. I mean, I, I, so specialty, that was one when we discussed it, when I started, I was kind of like, Hey, what, what, what exactly are we getting at here? Because I wanted to make sure that like, I'm not giving someone a four on specialty skills when they're like, you know what I mean? Cause in my head at first, I'm not sure what I was really thinking when we first kind of discussed it in terms of specialty. But then when we kind of talked about it, you know, um, it really kind of pieces together in terms of what these guys can and can't do. And I, and, I, and it's an important part of it because it's one thing to be a great wrestler, but how good are you at submissions? You know, are you a submission specialist? Are you a power guy like a Braun Strowman? You know what I mean? Like, it's not fair to just say Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman may not be the best overall wrestler in the world, but if there's one thing you can say for Braun Strowman, he's a powerful man. You know what I mean? So that it helps. It kind of helps a little bit too, I think, for people who are perceived a certain way. So, um, yeah, the, the, it's a good one. And, and I, I like it. I think it's, a, um, I think it probably helped out some people too. You know what I mean? Sure. And one more explanation. Look at a guy like Daniel Bryan, who's five foot nine, or even Kyle O'Reilly, who's probably five foot 11. The reason they're able to beat these giants is because they are able to match them with their submission skill. Yeah. yeah. Right. Because if Daniel Bryan was a submission specialist, would he have won? Kayfabe, of course. Kayfabe. We're talking all this kayfabe. Yeah, if, if Daniel Bryan wasn't a submission specialist, he wouldn't have made Roman Reigns tap out on that fast lane. Well, that'll be cut from this podcast. If Roman <laughs> Reigns didn't tap. If Roman Reigns was just trying to warn Bryan that Edge is about to mollywop his ass. But here you go, 
spreading all this fake news and lies and conjecture. And someone said, uh, I talked to someone about that. They said, no, he was just getting circulation in his finger. That's all he was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was about to pass out oh, and he was trying to just come back to life. Also, he had an itch. It was trying to oh, man, I love, you know? I love you guys. I love you, Roman Reigns fans. Y'all crack me up. Okay. I'm a oh, fan yeah, too, but you know, it just makes me laugh. Okay. The next one, I mean, another one that's pretty self explanatory, kind of, it's the finishing move. What is their signature move? What is the move that they do and how does it come across? Right. Um, and let me say this. Yeah. If for those of you who think that doesn't matter, I want you to look back at Stone Cold Steve Austin's career without this and think of it without the stunner. Oh my gosh. And yes. tell me how much that would have affected his presentation. And or I said, Randy oh, Orton Michael, without the RKO, right? Shawn like, Michaels I mean, in the super kick. Yeah. Brad Harden, the sharpshooter. As much as I hate the bitch, Hogan in the leg drop. Right. So, yeah, these are these are. How does it look? How does it come across? Do, I mean, for instance, um, I'll use an example while we're talking about it. Someone like uh, Corbin. Okay, I love his finishing move. Okay, it looks awesome. He has a to me. He's always had kind of a cool move set anyway. But like, it just looks great, right? Someone like you mentioned with the stunner. You oh, know, for record. Nobody's ever kicked out at the end of days, for the record. Sure, yeah. yeah. I mean, and also the protection of that move should matter. You know, if it's something that people kick out of all the damn time, well, okay, you know, it, like, and I know they use false finishes and stuff, and that's kind of a, a big thing in wrestling these days. Um, but that doesn't, I mean, that doesn't necessarily preclude, pre preclude a move from being a 10, because sometimes in a big fight, if it's WrestleMania and someone kicks out of, you know, I don't know, pick a move. If someone pick, kicks out of the spear, you know. I'll give you okay. one. Yeah, I'll okay. give you one. Because a top wrestler, uh, one of the top wrestlers in, in the entire company of WWE, who I gave a very low score on finishing move, was Adam Cole. Because okay. as great as he is, Adam Cole has two finishing moves that are kicked out of regularly. The last call is kicked out of on a regular basis. I'm talking on regular NXT by regular ass guys. And yeah. the Panama Sunrise has been kicked out of by multiple people when that's supposed to be the super finisher. So yeah. even though he is the longest reigning champion in the history of that brand and is one of the top stars in the entire company, he gets a low score and finishing move because it hurts his package. Yeah. Yeah, perfect. So the finishing move, there's that's we're through five of ten now. We'll move on to the next one. Uh, and this is the microphone work. Once again, this is un it seems self-explanatory, but I am particularly brutal about microphone work because it is the one thing that I care the most about. So, um, because I have no interest in watching something if you can't compel me to watch you. And you can't, it's hard to get me to watch you if you can't talk on the microphone. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or if you can't at least be entertaining on the microphone. Um, so I'm particularly brutal on this subject because I think it's the most important facet of wrestling personally so you go through these lists and when we go through them you're gonna see i probably didn't give out very many tens on micro on mic work you know because it's very it's a science to it and also i actually did kind of factor in how the fans eat that up a little bit like i know it's hard right now with no fans we haven't had fans in a year you know um we've had the piped in stuff and then you've got the the thunderdome uh screens and, and whatnot but most of these guys have been here for a while and you kind of have an idea of how they are in the microphone. And, you know, do they make me feel it when I'm, when I, are the fans feeling what they're saying? You know, you can't tell me someone like Roman Reigns 
isn't a, a 10 on mic work when everything he does and says gets him a reaction, whether it's suffering succotash from eight years ago or whatever, or to now when he's just out there saying, you know, all the delusional things that he says, right? It, it gets a reaction. And, and notice, so real quick notice, Carl didn't just say you have to be great on the mic. Plus, you ha- what you say has to matter too. That's important. That's an important distinction. Yeah. Agreed. So is there anything you want to add to that? I mean, that's kind of my thoughts on Mike work. Mike work is, is self-explanatory pretty much. Like, you know, you're going to have guys like the Miz be higher on the totem pole than maybe a guy like Otis, right? That's right. Pretty yeah. self-explanatory. But I also think I like what you said about Roman Reigns as a good example, was a guy who was not perceived as good on the mic for most of his career. And I would have, I would agree, agree with that. I think he's better than a lot of fans gave him credit for. Right. But he wasn't ultra-talented. He wasn't a guy who could just... We have to understand, some, some of these, a lot of these guys are people who need to just talk on their own. And they're given these scripts, and Roman's scripts just didn't work for him. He didn't seem to be a guy who could take a script and rock with it. And you've seen now with this new mob boss, tribal chief, Thanos-esque character... He's the best talker in the business right now, yeah. arguably, because it's all coming from a different place. But throughout all of that, everything he said garnered a reaction and oftentimes the reaction that he or the company was looking for. So I think that could play a part in your thought process, too. You know, you don't have to be the rock to get a 10. Yeah, no, 100%. I mean, there are going to be some people on here that, uh, that may, you may be like, eh, really? Those guys that that high? I mean, and, I, and we we can talk about it as we go through, you know. But yeah, I, I agree with you. Those reactions are important, you know. If, if someone is quiet for your promos out there, that's not a great. I mean, you know, it can hurt you. You know, even if we might think they're a great mic worker, in my opinion, you know, sometimes you have to factor that in because we're not the only people who are wrestling fans. You know, people feel certain ways about other things. But if you got someone out there, and every time he's talking. The, the crowd is doing something, even if it's annoying the shit out of you. I mean, to me, that plays a, a part. So we'll, we'll get more into that one, especially considering that's my most important one. You know, I think we'll talk probably in depth about guys as we go through the list on that. Um, mm-hmm. So the next one is presence. And I really like this one because I think I could see people getting confused, confusing presence with look a little bit. Yes. Um, um, so the way I, went about presence okay is you know with a look you are given you know are you unique do you, when you when you when you see this person do you see them and say that is what i view as a professional wrestler um but presence is a little different you know like when, when they come out how do to me it was like how does it make how do they make you feel when they come out you know like I'm trying to think of a good example here. I'm going through our list, you know, but I got to go. I'll give you a great example. Yeah, go ahead. A great example. And this is a joke that a running joke of mine for years. But when I hear Natalia's music, I groan. And the reason right. I groan isn't, and the truth behind it is I don't hate Natalia. I, I don't right. really hate her. But I think she is the most boring human in the history of wrestling. Sure. Nothing, nothing she does interests me. So while I give her all the credit in the world for being a fan, probably a seemingly a fantastic human, more importantly, a fantastic professional wrestler, I could care less when she comes on my screen and I groan. Her presence is low to me because nothing she does matters to me. 
But then there are guys who I don't even like. I don't even enjoy watching wrestle. But they're present. I'm not a big fan of watching Braun Strowman wrestle. Right. But yeah. everything about that dude makes you say, oh, makes you makes you watch him. His presence is high. Right. And so things. So th- that's kind of the distinction. A distinction to me is is not. You said perfectly. A lot of people will confuse it with character ability, but it's not. Because your presence doesn't have to, doesn't always have to have doesn't have to have anything to do necessarily with your character. Yeah, like I said, like how it makes you feel, right? So, someone, for example, and I appreciate you throwing that out there, but someone for me, like Sasha Banks, right? Yeah, high presence, high presence, because Sasha comes out, and you immediately you you automatically feel something because she is she's she's awesome, obviously. But like she always comes out, and she's just got this right now. Especially, she's got this mean girlness about her, and she knows it. And she comes out there, and she lets you know, "Hey, I'm here, and this is my show." You know, when she comes out, that's how I feel when I watch her. You know, and I was for the longest time, I wasn't necessarily the biggest Sasha Banks fan. Uh, I like her, obviously, but you know, you come around on people over the years too as they develop over time. And so, like someone like her specifically. She's, I mean, she is a force in the WWE, period. You know, and, and you feel it when she comes on screen every time. So I think, you know, with, with presence, you can confuse it with, with look or character ability, but the reality of the situation is it is different. It's it's nuanced, you know, but it, it's there's definitely a difference. It's basically star appeal. Sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I'm with you there. Hey. A guy like a guy like Walter, who is not in shape. From a physical standpoint, he's in great shape from a from a you know cardio standpoint. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But he looks like a guy who just drank a a, a twelve pack of beer and woke up and is going swimming because he does. But when you when you hear the music and you see the, from the moment the light comes on and you see him, everything about you makes you say, "Oh my God, that man is a star." Yeah. And then when he gets in the ring and he towers over someone like they, you know, they're dead. You know what I mean? Like uh, the presence, you know. And it's not a big man guy because we just spoke about Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks is like five foot one. It ain't got nothing to do with size. It's star people. Exactly. So hundred percent. So we can move on. We got three more to go here. Do you want me to explain this next one? Yeah, go ahead. You can can run. You can lead this one in. That's fine. I think you struggled a bit initially when I put this as when I threw this out as an idea. But versatility is the next one, and versatility is is (laughs) part of the pun, but it's versatile in its meaning. Yeah, <laughs> the 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 primary meaning I use for versatility is: Can you play different roles? And you can take that however you want. Can you play the face or the heel role well? Can you be the main eventer or be the guy opening the card well? Can you be a guy in a tag team and play that well, and then be a guy in the in, as a single star? And when I say guy, I mean guy or girl. I'm not speaking male. Um, can you be a person? that can play the role you're given and excel in whatever that role is. You have some characters that only work as main eventers. You have some characters that only work as lower card wrestlers. You have some characters that are tagging specialists, word to FTR. You have some characters that can only play the heel, some that can only play the face. The better you are at all of those things, I think is a, a positive tool your total package because the better you are at multiple things there's a higher chance of you being used and being noticed 
Yeah. Um, so for me, and I'll just go ahead and tell you how I kind of looked at versatility personally. I, you could almost take the word versatility and, and, and use and substitute it with adaptability. And, mm-hmm. and with the way I looked at it, a little bit different than the way you looked at it. You looked at it more from a character standpoint. I actually looked at this one a little bit more from an in-ring standpoint um, okay. in terms of how you are – like how people match up. You know, sometimes guys get in the ring and they just don't have chemistry. And, and that happens, you know, and we've always talked about this before. Like to be a big dog, you should be able to, do, to work with almost anyone, right, in the ring. Like that should matter. And so I kind of, the way I kind of approached it was how when these guys get in the ring with different partners or opponents or whatever, how do they mesh? Does it, are they able to get in the ring with anybody and make it look good? You know, because there, there are guys like someone like, you know, and I'm not using anybody on our list. I'm going old school. Someone like Bret Hart, right? Yep. He could wrestle anyone. Bruce that Because he's an in-ring general. You know what I mean? And that he could go with literally anybody and make it look good. So for me, that was kind of the approach I took. And obviously, we did a little bit different. So that's going to make our scores a little bit different, obviously, too. And we can talk about it as we go on. Um, but yeah, so maybe the idea that you had for that was a little bit different than what I went with. But I think that probably works out okay in terms it's of It's all perception, bro. That's the whole point of this is perception. <laughs> because the, import, the, the reason why it's better to have m- multiple people do this than just one person is because... The way I perceive the perfect wrestler, which is essentially our summation of trying to find the perfect wrestler, is probably different than what you think is the perfect wrestler. And that's the beauty of us with of us ranking our own scores and then coming together and finding the median in them, because you perceive the perfect wrestler and everybody's rankings in these categories differently than I would. And yeah. that's great, I think, because diversity is what makes this makes this great makes it interesting yeah that, that's and that's the whole the whole thing with wrestling anyway that's why you get so many opinions about who is what right and why you get i mean some people look at roman reigns to this day as someone who can't work a wrestling match right i think they're crazy but and yeah, then some that's, people that's, 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 that's proven to be yeah stupid. but you know what i mean like just like that you can kind of see where some of those you can see where it comes from a little bit because of the way the perception is and I think it's important that we kind of have that split. So, um, of course, don't worry about that because Roman Reigns is the big tribal chief. So, Roman even up. got a five star match. You melt right. rights. I heard about that. Yeah, how about that? Okay, so next up, psychology, and I like this one a lot too. And this one is hard for me. It's hard to pin a ten for psychology because this is to me that is like psychology is one of those things that almost. It just takes time to, I don't think very many people just come into the business and their psychology is like, ah, you know, but like I look at someone like Randy Orton as like, that's, yeah, he's amazing, right? Everything he does has meaning in the ring. And of course it doesn't also just have to be in the ring, it can be outside of the ring too. promos. Those things count for psychology. If you're good at mind games, that was the undertaker's thing for years, right? The mind games and all that, that count that factors into psychology. There's how are they using their character to get into their opponent's head? And then also when they're in the ring, do the things that they do have meaning? Like, you, you know, you and I have just, you've talked about this for years. You don't like Lucha Libre wrestling that much. And because everything is, there's no rhyme or reason to a lot of what they do. Nothing right. Yeah. Nothing it's very, just move to move to move to move. But someone like, 
like we use Randy Orton as the example, because I think he's like the example of modern day is everything he does. There's a purpose. Like he is trying to wear you down. He's trying to do specific things. You know, submission specialists always seem to be really good at this because the idea is they're trying to wear down a body part so that they can use their submission to make them tap out. Like that's kind of, you know, something that I've always thought that submission guys kind of have a leg up in this a little bit because of that fact, you know, but yeah. So psychology for me, at least that's what it's, a, it's twofold. It's, are they doing things that have meaning in the ring? And are they doing things that have meaning on the microphone? It's twofold. It's two pieces in my opinion. So. So when you look at the three categories of character ability, in-ring ability and specialty skills, those are almost physical manifestation things. These last three are mental manifest manifestation things. And psychology is very much a mental category because it's a mental manifestation of understanding of your character, understanding of your role, understanding of not just physically being able to do it, but a different understanding. And the difference between psychology and character ability is Psychology doesn't just mean you play your character well. Psychology means, like you said, you understand Sasha Banks at uh, TakeOver, understanding that she's right by the ropes. She needs to kick uh, Bailey. She needs to get Bailey so Bailey doesn't, wants, she wants her to tap out so she doesn't grab the ropes. And Bailey has a broken hand, so I'm going to kick her broken hand. Right. And that'll, yeah. and that'll further the pain of this hold. That's psychology. It's the mental acuity of, of a wrestler and their understanding of what it is they're doing in the situation in which they're doing it in. Right. Yeah. So, and you mentioned Randy Orton is the king of it because, like you said, everything he does has a purpose. And for my disdain of Lucha Libre, the, one of the reasons why I think Ray is the greatest luchador ever is because him and a handful of others, but specifically him, is one of the one of the guys that has taken actual Lucha Libre moveset and Lucha Libre attitude and meshed it with American psychology. Right. I would agree. That's why, so, why he's been so successful. Yeah. And that's probably another reason why he's might be the most influential wrestler of the last 20 years. I mean, everyone, especially for anybody that's, uh, you know, a high flyer or smaller guy, you know? The only other person that might be as influential, if not more, is Liger. And that's I didn't catch Jushin that. Thunder Liger. And it's like oh, okay. those okay. are the two. Liger yeah. and Ray are the two for cruisers. Yeah. Okay. So let's move here. There's one more to go over, and we already kind of went over it, but we'll just do yes. a recap. And it's media presence. This is the last one, and this is like I said, I really like the addition of this one. Um, and it's funny because, and we're going to talk about it. I'm not going to like I'm not giving anything away yet, <laughs> but with media presence. I was, I'm, I, it's harder for me with media presence. And it's, part of that is because one, I basically have one social media account. I use Twitter. That's it. I don't spend much time on YouTube. I do not have a Facebook. I do not have an Instagram, Twitter, right? I don't have a TikTok. Well, I do have a TikTok, but I don't look at it very much. Um, that's quite so, the, that's quite the admission, sir. So, <laughs> <laughs> so with my deal with media presence, it, it, for me, it was harder to get high scores on this because I don't. And the other thing is, even on Twitter, I don't follow that many wrestlers. And so 
you know, there are going to be guys that Rance is, there's one specifically that Rance is like, what the fuck, Carl? Because I gave this person a low media score. Well, I didn't, I don't really see this person on social media. And it might, it, look, that's my fault, right? I mean, it, it's my fault or is it? I don't know. But there's, uh, there's something to that, I think. You know, you look at someone like uh, The Miz, like we talked about, right? We've talked Good. about him before. He's got his own TV show. Like, yeah. the media presence for someone like The Miz is a 10, right? I mean, he, the dude is, you, you can't be involved in that much stuff. You know, and not have a high media presence. Um, but there's someone like Xavier Woods with the yeah. YouTube. I mean, come on. You know, like with his his own up, up, down, down. I mean, those things are no brainers. And then you have other guys that use it to enhance their character or to let you behind the curtain a little bit. Must have um, Ali. Yeah. So, knowing what I think, knowing what you guys know about me, when you hear some of these media presence scores and you're like, what the hell, Carl? know where it's coming from at least you know what i mean it's not it's not i'm not trying to spite anybody i'm just i am not a social media like butterfly necessarily so it hurts some people that maybe it shouldn't have and that's fine if you guys want to yell at me on my own social media accounts for that i'll live with it uh but that's kind of where that comes from so so we're done with the top 10 we're about to start getting um, the one other question i wanted to ask you before we get into the honorable mentions, and I, I know we're going to pick a few we want to talk about, and I think it, I, I want to give everybody the, the, um, the three that just missed the cut for each brand. Yeah. Um, but let's talk about the one that pissed me off and made me literally call this man. And that's Oscar. <laughs> yeah. Because, and again, to no fault of his own, because he's right. Again, this is all your perception. This is your world. He had no idea. Oscar has a very popular YouTube channel. On top of that, Oscar, look, she, she, if she doesn't have one, she has two. If she doesn't have two, she does. She uses it for multiple things because Oscar, if you don't know, her former career in Japan before, like while she was wrestling and on the side, and probably before, was she was a video game designer. That's why she was such a big person on Wiz channel. So, like, to give her, and it's, she had a lot of views. And she's also one of the faces of, of WWE Japan. So, like, to give her the score that she got, I won't tell you. You'll be pissed off. Pitchforks. I'm not going to tell you guys. <laughs> but it blew me away. Yeah. And it hurt her ranking, if I'm being quite frankly. Because, spoiler alert, Asuka's not in the top ten for Raw. Right. And so, you know, and granted, I didn't put her in my top 10 either if you look at a cumulative ranking. But nonetheless, this really hurt her. So stuff like that affects. But again, it's all personal perception. So go ahead. Go ahead if you want to retort. Say what? I'm sorry. What did you say? Do you want to do you have any do you want to say anything back to that or do you do you want to move on? No, I I I mean, I think that you're 100% correct. I mean, it, it's one thing um if someone has this large social media presence and I don't know it and you do. I'm perfectly fine with you saying, dude, she has this, that, and the other, right? And you just don't know about it. I'm not going to go back and change it. Yeah. Because, you should. You should. like, to me, like, and this is not her fault either. I don't expect Asuka to promote to Carl. And that doesn't matter. However, <laughs> like, if, if I haven't, so, I mean, like, I have, I know enough about some of this stuff to where, like, I feel like at, at a certain point, like, how have I not stumbled across it, right? And that's okay. I mean, it could just be me, you know, like I said, I don't spend a lot of time on YouTube and I will give Oscar this and because it's, this is a hot button with her. I will give Oscar this. 
she cracks me up on Twitter because I love her Doge memes. Like I, every time I see one, I laugh. But like at the same time, you know, like this is like I said, pitchforks, whatever. It's fine. I'll take it. But yeah, I'm not going to change it just because I've been informed now. Right at the time yeah. when I made my ranking, I'm sorry. This is what I know of this person. And if if I haven't come, um, you know, if I haven't become privy to 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 the media presence, well. I don't necessarily think it's my fault, you know, no. maybe, maybe I could do a little bit more digging, but just off the top of my head, if I don't know you have all this, then, eh, you know, you, you land where you land in that regard. So, and you're right. I, this has to be true to who you are as a person. If you didn't know, you shouldn't change it. Um, and I, and I appreciate that. I'm still blown away, but I appreciate mm. that. Sure. Um, before we start getting into some of these that caught our eye or something or, and the honorable mentions, um, Real quick, was there any category that you that you wanted to add or you think should have been added that's not on there? Because I have one that I that I, I whipped on. I know we tried to keep it at a nice round number, you know, a nice number of ten. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say personally, I, there wasn't really anything that that I was necessarily wanted to add. Uh, the only there was one that I wasn't, and I'm fine with. Obviously, I'm fine with it. There, there is. There was one that I wasn't necessarily just like crazy about, and that was probably the, um, oh, excuse me, probably probably the specialty skills. And it's not because I didn't care for the category, but I it was more along the lines of I didn't want to. I felt like when we when you use it a little bit, like you might skew the results a little bit, just because. I mean, of course, this can happen with anything. Like media presence skew the results. But someone who's not a great wrestler might have great power and all of a sudden they're getting a 10 and you're like, all of a sudden they're bumping people who may not have a specialty per se, but are much more versatile. You know what I mean? So I think that was probably the only, like those two specialty skills and versatility when I was doing this were actually the ones that I struggled with the most Mm -hmm. because I was trying to view it through that lens of making it, of it being different, you know? Um, but and it's perfectly fine. We got through it, obviously. But th- those are the only two that, when we were doing them, I was like, "Damn, these are kind of a slog," you know, because <laughs> you just kind of try. You're trying to separate the two, and, and some of some stuff you can't just look up. Like if I don't know someone's finishing move, I can get on YouTube and find it, you know, pretty quick. Um, so but yeah, that that was pretty much the only two that I struggled with. I wouldn't have wanted to leave them off necessarily, as much as I struggled in terms of adding. I didn't really have anything there, no. The one that I missed, and I would have, if I could redo this again, I would have added. I don't know what I take off, but I definitely would have fought for it to be added, was entrance. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because I think a wrestler's entrance is integral to their perception. Yeah. Because it's, it's because it's it's the Pavlovian I thought. Like, that's the reason why almost every wrestling museum music has some little... The thing at the beginning, the glass breaking for Stone Cold, the drums and the issue smell for The Rock, the the power core for Triple H. Like it, everybody has something. The shock the system for the Undisputed Era for more mm-hmm. recent times, right? Yeah. Um, the the uh, kind of the, if for AEW guys, the kind of distortion wah wah effect at the beginning of Moxley's music. Right. It all matters because. That that makes you say that makes you immediately know 
think about and feel something for your favorite wrestler or for a wrestler that's coming out. So yeah. Braun's, a like Braun Strowman would have done great in that now, whereas a couple years ago he would have done terrible in that because with the entrance, with the with the adding of the whole Strowman Express in the train, it has enhanced to me his package of his entrance. So think I, about. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I'm done. I was just saying I I whipped on that, and I would have I would have added that. Yeah, and I like that one because if you think about think about like the Undertaker, right? This is like it's got like the most iconic entrance of all time. Not even and, not even question. Yeah, and so. But think about how much that did for him. You know, if The Undertaker just had a regular old entrance, Good point. you know, we don't, I mean, we love, people love The Undertaker, but if he had just a regular old entrance, do we love him as much? You know, that gong, the lights going out and the gong hitting, there is, that is a feeling. If you haven't seen it live, that is a feeling you cannot express. There is you know a legit I mean? chill in the air. Yes. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Let's so let's use a guy very similar to the take Undertaker now, and you're gonna laugh at me. And but the purpose of there, this is the purpose. Alistair Black. Okay. You and you and Kyle mess with me all the time by Alistair because y'all think he's specifically y'all think he's boring as hell. But if he didn't have the interest he had, would you care anything about him? No. <laughs> there you go. No. So it is integral to the package because Absolutely. to a lot of people. The interest was the only thing interesting. And I will say this. Do, when, and do, the closest thing we have to that is probably presence. Because when I was going through some of these, entrances factor a little bit into the presence. Because that, sure. it's, it's a presentation of who they are. You know, like this is kind of what you're getting. I mean, like if you think Stone Cold and Steve Austin is a good example because of the glass breaking, right? That's part of, that's part of the presence. You know, that, that's just part of it. Like, you know when that glass breaks, what's about to go down. And that's why it matters so much with that presence. You know, it's a presence factor too. So yeah, you could definitely make it more specific. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of like I tried to include that a little bit when I was ranking on presence. Okay, and and you and you know, I'm sure it you know it all worked out. It worked itself out well. And once you guys get a chance to hear the top tens, I think while there may be some conjecture, a lot of you will think, okay, for the most part, we probably got it right. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Um, yeah, but I, I missed that and I, I regret that. But so let's go through, we're going to do some, honor, we're going to do honorable mentions, the top three, uh, or the three that just missed the cut. But I know there was a couple that you, that you saw interesting, of uh, kind of rankings and, um, one particular that you ranked way higher than I would have expect, expected was a guy like Montez Ford. Talk to me about that. Yeah. He, okay. He's, and he's not in the top 10 and he's not. Uh, top three honorable mention, but he was just you just ranked him high. So go ahead. Yeah. So here's the thing about about Montez. I, part of it is I look at him, and when I look at him and everything he's capable of, I see massive star. Like uh, to me, and and another thing, and I want to be clear when I talk about this. I mostly watch wrestling with my family. Now, I don't watch it by myself much anymore. And so when I watch it with my family, I take that into consideration because I've been watching wrestling for 20 years, more than 20 years, right? Mm -hmm. My kid, specifically, have been watching wrestling for like a year. We are going to watch our first WrestleMania together this year. But she's very new to it. Even my wife has watched a little bit. She kind of watches while it's on. She's on her phone and stuff, you know. But 
Montez is someone that stands out to them. And, and that factors in for me on some things, because if it stands out to them, to someone that we would consider a casual, like my wife would definitely be a casual fan. If he stands out to her, what does that say about his presentation, how good he is? And I think that that's what that is part of the reason that I that he got such high marks for me in some things. So, and I want to kind of I want to dive in a little bit. One, one of the first things that comes to mind is the rope shaking. Right? He nice. is so high energy that everything you can just tell that he absolutely is in love with what he's doing. It, it's it matters. Everything matters to him. The fact that when he hits a frog splash, he gets a hundred feet in the air. Like he has all the makings of someone that, if done right, if done right, could be a huge superstar. And I just, when I see it, it probably made me go a little higher on with him on some things. You know what I mean? I just, with him, it's like, you know, he's married to Bianca Belair, and, and Bianca is already a huge star. Okay. When I look at Montez, that's what I look at. Montez is could be like what Bianca is for the women, right? Montez to me, he can. And it, you know, it's it's. I always think it's a little bit of a shame for someone like Angelo Dawkins because as good as he is, I don't ever see. I don't see massive superstar with Angelo. You know what I mean? But it's with him, sure. It's, so, it's, yeah, it's education. Yeah. So I, it's just you know I, I know that like I don't think anybody is going to hear that and say, oh, "Really, you see star with Montez?" Because I think most people can see that. You know, but at the same time, it definitely he got higher marks for me just because of that fact. I mean, he's got a couple of tens on here. The, the look, I'm going through it right now. Uh, um, I've got him on look. I gave him a ten on finishing move, and it's it, and you're just like what, right? But it looks so good when he does it, you know. And so those things definitely bumped him up a little bit for me. Uh, um, continuing on with this, a couple of people that I noticed. You ranked a lot higher than me, which is shocking, especially on my show NXT. You gave Candice LeRae and Dakota Kai super much super grades way higher than I gave them. Explain that. Yeah. <laughs> so well, C- Candice to me. So I understand. Like I th- one of the things with Candice is in the beginning, it felt like she was mostly presented as Johnny Gargano's wife, and which is not a, yes, and not a big fan of that, right? Because no, I, I like I don't watch a lot of independent wrestling, but if you go watch Candice LeRae, she is to me, she's crazy, man. Like she will get in there and do just about anything, which I think says a lot about what she's capable of. And I actually am a big fan of, you know, when she was do when she was, and I'm not uh, this guy screw this. I know guy. what you mean. It's it's part of her career. Go ahead. Yeah, but when she was in the world's cutest tag team, right? Like she's got this this happy go lucky you know, character kind of or whatever. But then to kind of see her transition into what she's doing now as kind of like this badass and this, you know, when you see her on television, you to me, like, she just has, to me, she has all the makings of being someone who could be at the very tippy top of, of the women's division. I'm not saying, you know, she's not, I don't think she's Charlotte Flair. You know, I don't think she's Becky Lynch. Sure. Um, but to me, she has it. Uh, Dakota Kai, um, you asked me a year ago, she's probably a little bit lower, 
but she leaned into she's leaned into this new role when she especially when she when she turned on Tegan Knox and just kind of like leaned into that. It it really to me that kind of elevated her because it showed that she was more than just like this rah rah type. You know, like every time I've seen Dakota before, she's kind of once again it's kind of like Candace, the happy go lucky type. And I haven't seen much of her indie work, so I'm sure she's been a heel on the indies before. Um, but I'm big into people that can lean into like being a heel uh, because I'm I'm always more interested in the villains 99 yes. of the time. Me too. And I think that she does it really well, and she she really it worked for her, you know. Because sometimes you see these like someone like Bailey, right? She was always presented as this baby face, and you're when they turned her heel, you're curious, like this gonna work, you know? And and it did. So I, I think there's something to that. These people that you're not sure if what they've decided to do with them can work. And then you watch it and you're like, this works for me. So that's, that's most of the reason why I have them listed a little bit higher. Um, overall. Um, I want to mention a guy. And then after this, we can run through these top three, but I want to mention the guy that is much higher that I let that I listed. And I give this person shit all the time. And, uh, but, uh, this kind of exercise shows his worth and maybe why a lot of people are clamoring for him to be used better. That's Ricochet. Now, the things that matter to you and I as wrestling fans, he's not good at. He doesn't have a defined character. He's just a flippy guy. Um, he's terrible on the microphone, although I give him all the credit for continuing to try to get better. You know, for things like this. But, like, just, to, and I, I, I'm really trying to stray away from giving actual numbers on things that aren't the top 10. But, like, for example, I gave him a 9 in look. I gave him a 10 in ring ability. I gave him a 9 in, in, I'm sorry, I gave him a 10 in specialty skills. I gave him a 10 in finishing move. Um, you know, stuff like that. I gave him an eight in presence because I think he has a fantastic presence. So, like, things of this, especially for someone so small and so, and, and the character that he plays. So, just curious your thoughts about that because you gave him, a, right on brand, a very low score. <laughs> I, I was absolutely brutal to Ricochet. And you know what's funny about that, Rance? Like, okay, so I can remember... A couple of years ago, me and a friend of mine, we went to an NXT house show. And it was the first time I ever saw Ricochet live. And I remember watching Ricochet and thinking, dude, like, this is before he became, he was, he's NXT, right? So he is, at this point, he is the guy who was like an amazing high flyer and he could do so much crazy stuff. I remember watching him and thinking, everything about him is so fluid in the ring. Mm -hmm. It just looks seamless. Like he's not even trying. Like he just does it because he's that good. Remember the the flip out of the ring when he was a when he was confronting Velveteen Dream, right? Like one of the greatest things I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah, you do not like these things cannot you cannot teach that, right? But you know what? I just don't I think the problem is he's not a great fit on the main roster. Because the things that the main that, that that they that you it seems like you want from a main roster guy, he doesn't fall into. So I'm looking at it, right. 
I gave him a six on look. Uh, I might have been a little brutal on that one. He he looks fantastic. He's a good looking dude. He's yeah. chiseled out of stone. His his gear, except for when he tried to do that stupid Nightwing gear, which was horrible. Right, his right, right. gear normally looks fantastic. I, I I I was a little brutal on that one, and even going back, I would probably change that a little bit. Um, but at the same time, when I see him, so now when I see him, I I think it's just because he's in a sea of guys who can do a lot of the things that he does, and he doesn't have. There's not a whole lot. He doesn't stand out as much as he used to when I saw him in NXT. So, and to your credit, it's because Vince toned it down. He doesn't do all the things he used to do. Right, right. So, yes, that's a very good point. So, character ability, I gave him five. I mean, I couldn't really tell you what his character is. It's, I mean, he doesn't have a character. So, yeah, yeah. like, I mean, it's lucky I didn't give him a one, you know, uh, to be honest with you. Entering ability, I gave him a nine. Uh, probably should have go, gone 10 there. But at the same time, as much as the high fly, like the one thing about him that, that I'm picky about high flying wrestlers, you know, because I don't, the, the, it, some of the stuff they do, it just seems like they're just doing things. And so, and sure. it goes back to the specialty skills. I should have given him a 10 because he's a high flyer. Uh, but, that, but after you get past these, it just well, hold on real yeah. quick about the high flying thing. I respect that. But two people of that ilk who I think, don't fall in that category are Ricochet and Pac because for their size, they have a ridiculous amount of strength and they have a, 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 un, a unappreciated amount of technical ability. They just, their, sure. their flippy do shit is just so ridiculous <laughs> yeah. that people don't respect that. But like Ricochet has started doing that Pac, uh, that um, they live German suplex. That is amazing. Right, so, right, right. So I want to give them some credit where credit is due. Sure. And look, I, I'm running through these. I'm not trying. I'm not going to do this with every wrestler we talk about. But I think he's no, a big case because we had a very different score. Um, but for instance, finishing move, I gave him a seven, and it's a great, it's a cool finish. But to me, it doesn't really like when he hits it. I'm like, okay, like he just kind of like he kind of he does a. Bunch of he does was the six thirty is that the rotation on that one six thirty the most dangerous uh the most dangerous yeah high flying move in the business and nobody's ever kicked out of it right it's super hard to do but when it lands it doesn't look like anything and I'm not trying to be a dick that's just the way I perceive it when I look at it on television going forward I gave him a five on microphone I was generous um I gave him oh boy <laughs> I gave him a six on presence. Probably being generous there too. Uh, what's next? Oh, Five on versatility. Stop where you're ahead, bro. Just stop. <laughs> I know, no, no. I, I want everybody to know. I'm gonna give him on psychology. I can't. You have to tell me because I'm, I'm. What number is he on my spreadsheet here? It wasn't great. Oh my goodness. Okay. Yeah, so I'm a dick. Anyways, I was on not psychology. Great. You want me to tell you? Yeah. On psychology, you gave him a six. Okay. And media I mean, press, you gave him a five. And well, and you know what? I, sh I should give him more immediate presence for the fact that he's gotten so much attention for not wearing a damn mask. But you know, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, it's it's so like I'm going back and looking at. It. I don't feel bad about any of this, by the way, because even if I give him a ten on like specialty skills, he's I was being real generous on mic work. You know what I mean? So like, there's some I like Ricochet. I really do. Um, 
But when I look at him on the main roster especially, he just doesn't fit as well as I think he does in a place like NXT. And it kind of goes to show you that some guys might just be lifers in certain spots. You know, like Johnny Gargano, I don't know if he'll ever come to the main roster for full time, right? Like he's just an NXT guy, you know? And I don't know, like his rankings on NXT might've looked a little bit different than they do in WWE and the main roster because they might present him completely differently. So yeah, I mean, I'm no more crapping on Ricochet. I like Ricochet. Thank you. But yeah. Because I'm I'm, I'm as big, I'm as big a detractor of Ricochet, not detractor, but like the guy. But uh, I, I don't. I'm not high on him either, as you are. But I can respect his his positives. But a guy in the news recently, uh, who was in a very similar similar situation like Rick Shea is Andrade. Andrade just didn't fit. Now, granted, Vince just wouldn't use the dude. Right. But yeah. If and for for that, go check out my uh, head trauma episode with uh, my good brother Mags. We broke down the whole booking strategy of people not being used because that's a misnomer, but that's, go check that out. Um, Yeah. And and speaking of him real quick, I just wanted to say, I know you and I probably agreed a little bit on this. We talked about Vince not using him. And I even said when Andrade was let go, that that felt like they dropped the ball a little bit on that one. You know, they dropped the ball. And normally like you and I wouldn't agree if I say something like that on certain people, but in Andrade's case, I think it's clear. You know, yeah. that there's someone they could have done more with, and they just didn't, and it didn't work out for whatever reason. No ill will, obviously. Go Andrade. I love him. He was awesome. He has, one of, he has my favorite NXT match of all time. So, you know, I'm kind of sad that he's gone, but. I'm happy that he's happy, and he's going to kill it wherever he is. And oh, yeah. there are two companies where he can go in, three actually, if you count CMLL, and he can go in and and go back and be an Inganable. So I'm, I'm cool with it either way. But so let's run down these honorable mentions, the top three that didn't make the cut. Okay. Let's start with Raw, okay? Yeah. At number 13, we have The Miz. Mm-hmm. I gave him a cumulative 84. Carl gave him a cumulative 73, which makes his average 7.85. Yeah. And when you see. This list of three, they're very, very, very close to the top ten. They um, all have the same. Uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Now I have to also kind of go back and look a little bit at the things at the things I rank them, you know, because it's been a few. It's been a little bit since we've done some of these. Uh, so yeah, so I was particularly more brutal on the wrestlers as we just talked about in the beginning on some things. Um, and now that I look at it, it's honestly it's a little surprising. Because when I look at the top 10, there's like at least maybe like one or two guys here that I could see the Miz. I like if you if you wanted to argue with me, a few of the people towards the bottom of the top 10, I could see you saying, yeah, the Miz should be ahead of that person. Right. However, if you look at our list, Rance, there's no even though you gave him an 84, there's nobody that he would have jumped in your top 10. Nobody. Uh, Yeah. And there's only one person like if you look at my numbers, there's only there's only two guys. He was tied with one. And ahead of someone else, um, yeah. you know, thing about the Miz is um, there's some things that bump him greatly: uh, microphone work, uh, media presence. You can't deny a guy who has his own television show, right? Microphone work. He's proven to be one of, if not the best, mic worker in the WWE. Um, but there's some things that hurt him too. Uh, you know, he doesn't. To me, he doesn't really necessarily look. 
like the guy, you know, and that's probably why he hasn't held the championship but twice, uh, mm-hmm. the top title, right? And or uh, also the in ring work. And I'm not crapping that's the on main, him. That's the main, but that's that's his main hangup. Yeah, because yeah, I just and I'm blue. not crapping on him because he's preserved his body. I think he's been injured once, right? The concussion at WrestleMania 27. Yeah, but he didn't uh, miss the time. Right, exactly. So his style is safe for him. But when you, and it's kept him healthy. Um, and that's awesome. Like, I'm all for keeping guys healthy. But that doesn't necessarily, that still doesn't translate to great talent. Look on television, when you watch it, you're just like, eh, you know, he doesn't blow you away in the ring. So there's nothing against Miz, obviously. He's great. Um, I would consider him one of my, probably one of my personal favorites overall but if i'm just being you know objective about what i see on the television um you know he's he got a little bit lower score than some guys that's just kind of the way that goes number 12 is probably the most underutilized woman in the entire fucking company mm. and that's naomi i gave yeah. her 81 carl gave her an 86 which led to also an average of 7.85 i gave her a 76 76. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's okay. Yes. And it looks like you and I were fairly close on these. Um, Naomi, I agree with you. Naomi's incredibly underutilized, and that probably hurts her because, you know, if she was on television more, maybe we'd have a little bit more of an idea. And I, of course, I've been banging the drum. I was banging the drum on this for a long time about putting Naomi in the hurt business. I think it would be a nice change of pace for her. Um, yeah. She's awesome as, you know, just the character she is right now, even with, with Lana, you know. I like it. They're fun, and I like. I love the glow stuff. I mean, she is someone that my kids really like. You see her on television, and she's got the cool ass entrance. If she, if entrances were as a category, right? She's probably getting a ten. You know, like so. There's some things about Naomi that that work. I, I think the reason why, and actually looking at the people that are on our top ten, I have her higher than like four different people that actually are three different mm-hmm. people that mm-hmm. you know made it into the cumulative top 10. Um, she is, I love Naomi and I, I wish they would use her more because she really, I don't know if it's just the WWE maybe has a little bit of, of an obsession with the four horsewomen, which is fair. They're all great. Well, the four horsewomen, Oscar and Alexa are there. They're going. Yeah. And it, you can get lost in the shuffle a little bit, you know, however, I still think, you know, overall, Naomi is absolutely someone that if we were doing a women's top 10, she's probably in the top six or seven, right? I mean, uh, just looking at it, looking at my own numbers. Uh, maybe, yeah. Um, so, but yeah. For the record, Naomi is yeah. a two-time women's champion who won the championship at WrestleMania. So it's not like she has been giving anything. Yeah, but by and large, she has not been pushed with the consistency. Uh, for contemporaries, yeah. especially considering the the moves she makes, you yeah. and I were both there when she came back at the Royal Rumble here in Houston in 2020, and that went viral. And I don't mean viral like oh, a couple people. No, I mean it went viral to the point where like top top um, music and entertainment stars were booking her. Actresses were asking to play her in movies. She was getting like 20 million views on her entrance and what she did, like. That tells you that people care. Yeah, agreed, yeah. Number 11, and probably the most shocking of any of these three honorable mentions will do, is the guy who doesn't wrestle too much anymore. But it's not shocking in his importance. 
He is the MVP, probably, of the WWE. MVP. Yeah. Um, it, it, I, have him at, I have him at 80. I gave him an 86. Carl underscored uh, him and gave him a 71. But again, that gives him a cumulative 7.85 average. Yeah, and if I go just even a smidgen higher on some of these scores, he's probably in. He's going to be in that top 10. But I don't necessarily, when I look at our top 10, I have it in front of me right now. When I look at our top 10, I don't necessarily feel too bad about it. Um, I can, I'm looking at it and I think maybe there are probably our number 10 and number nine are probably the only two people where I'm like, he, he, you know, probably could go higher. And even look at your list. He doesn't, he barely, he would make your top 10. Maybe it's close. Uh, in terms of, we just were brute. I was more brutal, but really you and I are on the same page on a lot of this stuff. Just our scores are a little bit different, but in terms of how they rank, it's still kind of similar. Well, um, what, 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 what led me to put MVP so high? is because I think he's hurt in the in-ring and the specialty skills aspect because he's clearly past his prime. And yeah. honestly, too, he's been injured a lot just working through injuries. But he is top 10 in the company and everything else. He has an amazing look, whether it's in the suit or even when he's uh, wrestling. He, uh, he has an amazing presence. He is fantastic top five on the mic. Uh, his versatility, being able to play the face or play the heel or be in the main event or be the guy who's getting squashed by Cedric, like or or Ricochet, like he is he, everything else in the game. He's fantastic at, but when it comes to in ring things, and it's funny because he was one of the MVPs, pun intended, when he was in the company his first run. But those are things that that those are the only things that, that things that hurt him because you know the the. Uh, Ghetto strong style kick and the overdrive aren't good finishers. He doesn't really show as much as he could or as he used to in the ring anymore. Um, he doesn't really have much of a specialty skill. He used to be a technical guy or a striker, especially with his time in Japan. He doesn't really show that too much anymore. But the other stuff, he's killing. So, and I really question putting him on the list or not because he's pretty much primarily now a a kind of a, a, a an advocate or a manager or a right. coach, if you will. But over this past year, he's still been fairly active. So I had to put him on the list and ended up being number 11. Yeah. And you know, I, I, it's nothing, I have nothing. I love MVP obviously. Um, but I think I probably, I think I look at, I looked at him a little bit more from in terms of like, in, I always say I don't care about wrestling, but I look at him as because I look at him as more of a manager. I, I think that that is probably why I was a little bit harsher on some things. Sure. Uh, it does, it, you know, it doesn't. I'm not. It has nothing to do with him. I'm obviously, he's a great character and great on the microphone and things of that nature. But I think I just was probably a little bit harder on him in terms of scores because of that fact. And like you said, you questioned putting him on the list. So I, I don't feel as bad about that when, when you say that. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, so, I mean, but hey, look, I mean, once again, you look at when we, when we get into our top 10, I don't think anybody's going to be throwing shit at us for saying, hey, MVP didn't make it. You know, no, like, it's not, just, yeah. Not at all. Um, if we move to SmackDown, um, there's a, I'm going to give you a tie number 13 because they got the same cumulative uh, average score. 
uh, and those two are Jay Uso and Shinsuke Nakamura. For Jay Uso, I gave him an eight point two. Carl gave him an eight point one. For Shinsuke, I gave him a seven point eight. Carl gave him an eight point five. His cumulative average was a a a, a and a point. Uh, shit. How did I? Point eight one five. Or uh, eight point one five. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so if you if you want to expand a little bit on that, go ahead. So, you know, the last total package we did, we struggled on if we were going to put tag team wrestlers in individual. I struggled with that a lot. Because, you know, I was thinking of a guy like Biggie or Kofi at the time. And it helped this go around that Jay Uso has had the run of his life as a singles guy. And I think Jay Uso has been as fantastic as you can get without being great. He's been fantastic at being very good at everything. Really good on the mic. He's really good in the ring. Um, he has a really unique look that may not be the greatest, but it's better than a lot of other people. He has really good versatility because I, I'm often quoted here as saying the Usos are the best tag team in the world. Well, they've been heels, they've been faces. They've, the Uso Penitentiary works in both in both iterations. Um, so I think Jay has earned this spot. Shinsuke is more interesting to me. You have him higher than I do. The issue with Shinsuke to me has always been one thing that you punish him a lot on that you didn't punish him on this time is um, his promo skills because of language barrier, but you didn't, pro you didn't punish him on that one this year. But the thing for Shinsuke to me is always the motivation because Shinsuke looks so often like he's going through the motions. And well, recently Shinsuke has picked it the fuck up. So, yeah. um, and I'm not shocked that these two are right on the precipice of being in the top 10. Yeah, so this is how I look at Jey Uso. Um, in the NBA, you have a sixth man award, right? In the NFL, you have like the comeback player of the year or the most improved player, like th these kind of things. If, if we had that award, if that was an award we were giving out, that would be Jey Uso for yep. me. Great point. He, nobody, and he's benefited from having Roman Reigns, it, That he's benefited from that, right? But nobody has went from someone, I'm not saying Jay was just a guy, but Jay was a tag team guy, right? And that's what he was. And nobody has gone from someone that you didn't really necessarily think of as solo because of his brother and then being in a team to a guy that you look at now and say, that guy Maybe he's not a world champ, but he could win solo championships. He could be an intercontinental champion. He could be a U.S. champion. He could be he's a he's an up he could be an upper mid card guy. Like and he's proven it. Um, I, I I go back to the thing that turned me on Jay. This the, the moment that turned me on Jay Uso was the promo with Roman. Why you do me like that? Yeah. Well, it was it was what he said was. Which one are you, right? That promo is one of my favorite promos of the whole year. Like, I just thought, I'm listening to that, and there was, it, it felt real. Like, I think he actually used real thoughts on oh, yeah. that. 
when he gave that promo. Like, which one are you? Because that is, he's a twin, you know? And of course, why? Like, if you're just a tag team and you're involved in a tag team, this is, you know, that makes sense. And can I go deeper into that? Yeah. Um, number one, he's the less popular twin because Jimmy is the more popular of the two for mo- a number of reasons. Probably the most, the biggest being that he's Naomi's husband yeah. and yeah. Become total divas. Uh, and their personalities are just different because Jimmy's more of a people person than Jay is. Right. But in the Samoan culture, the oldest matters. There is an esteem to being older, being right. the oldest. And he's, they've talked about the nauseam. Jimmy's older than Jay by a few minutes. Right. But that might as well be years. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Jimmy and Roman. Rock, rock together. They're lucky that they got a little brother that Jay could could beat up on because Roman and Jimmy, you or Rome, uh, Joe and John, right, used to beat up on Josh, right, all the time. So there are a lot of real life things in that. He was the baby. He there is a lot of that. Which one are you? Because they can't tell the difference. That's yeah. why when the Usos turned heel, J- Jimmy will wear the hat. And and wear and wrestle in the shirt, and Jay wouldn't w- wouldn't wear a shirt, right? And so people could try to something about them to see different, to be different. So yes, great point. Yeah, yeah. That so that was promo. That was the turning point for me. Now I, I mean I'm not trying to get deep into character dives and all that stuff today or anything, but I will say that currently I'm a little less interested because it's it's not it's not lost its luster, but it's losing its luster a little bit because. He's to me right now. He's kind of looking a little bit more like a lackey, but that's okay. Like that's kind of what he is, so it's fine. Um, I want to talk about Shinsuke a little bit. Shinsuke is another one of those guys that got a little bit higher marks because of who I'm watching the shows with. Um, everyone in my house likes Shinsuke, uh, so he's got that. He's very eccentric. He's got just this. He drips charisma on accident almost like you wouldn't be like when you see it, like the things that he does and the way that he acts make him charismatic without having to be the rock, you know, like we talked about earlier. Um, he's a great in-ring worker when he wants to be, uh, he has a cool look. I think he looks cool as hell. I've always thought Shinsuke looks cool as hell. Um, I was nicer to him on mic work. And I, and part of that is cause I started thinking about it a little bit more, you know, like if you remember, um, when he turned on AJ a couple years ago at WrestleMania. No speak English. Yeah, yeah, no speak English. Like, okay, like he's, yeah, like, so he's got the language barrier, but he's using it to his advantage. He used it to his advantage in a promo, and he made it work for him. Um, I think it helps that he spent some time with Cesaro and a tag team and really got a chance to kind of, like, not have to be a solo guy for a while uh, and just do some other things. Uh, and I just like, I do, I mean, I'll be honest, I am a little biased because I just really like Shinsuke in general. Uh, he's got, he's, you'll never forget the great entrance he had at, in NXT with the, with the, uh, the violin, was it the violin or the the player, you know, that did that, ran, um, that did his Lee entrance. England Jr., yes. Yeah, I mean, there's just some things about Shinsuke and he's he's a little bit older and people like to say he coasts, right? And he probably he does a little bit. Like he's he's done everything Brock, there is to do, you know. Brock must farm and Shinsuke must surf. <laughs> right. 
So I am a little bit higher, but it's, I mean, I don't think it comes from a place of the potential for him is amazing. Vince struggles with foreign wrestlers at times anyways. Um, but yeah. Not, so. not just foreign wrestlers, but a guy like Shinsuke is just, has there's no rhyme or reason to who the fuck he is. He's just, he is. Shinsuke yeah, exists. Shinsuke is. Shinsuke yeah. isn't this or isn't that. He just is. Yeah. And the, the thing that hurt Shinsuke the most was how iconic he was in Japan. Because people expected him to be that. Yeah. And they, they forgot that this is a 38-year-old man who had an MMA career for years. Yeah. <laughs> and fought at the top level you can in Japan in, in pure role. Yeah. Pure role wrestling. And came over here and was like, nah, I'm not, I'm not taking I'm not taking 15 knees to the face in one match. <laughs> I'm done with, that. with I'm you. getting the check now. Not every every Friday? What you what you thinking? Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's. I mean, we're just a little. I mean, we're our scores. That was one that was. It's one of the rarities where like, I was higher on someone. You know what I mean? Usually, most of mine are lower. But yes, and you were higher on Shinsuke. But but I, I and again, I appreciate that you re you took a revamp and relook on who he is and some of the things you would have killed him for. Yeah. Um. Another guy that gets killed in the eyes of the uh, IWC. And is vastly underrated, I think, is our number twelve uh, on on SmackDown, and that's the King King Corbin. I gave Corbin a eight point four. You gave him an eight, and his average is an eight point two. Yeah, it's 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 not too bad. And I think once again, when you when you look at this list and we rattle off SmackDown is the A show anyway. So when you look at when you see this list, you're gonna be like, well, yeah, I think that's fair because. SmackDown is so loaded as a show in general. Um, Corbin is one of those guys. The only thing, the only beef I have, and it's not with Corbin per se, is that he, and it, this is just kind of the role he's thrust into, I guess. He kind of, he just is there a little bit right now. Like he doesn't, he eats a lot of pins for being who he is. And I understand he's a heel and heels eat pins. But being who he is and having the cool move set that he does and stuff like that, you I you think he would have done a, maybe even held him more. And I don't care about championships necessarily, but on the surface, those things do matter a little bit. He hasn't really held any title. He hasn't just hasn't really done a whole lot in terms of like expansiveness of his character, of who he is, and like accomplishments, accolades. Right? He mm-hmm. got punked out with Money in the Bank, uh, those kinds of things. Um, and that's okay. Another thing about Corbin is I wasn't as high on him on the microphone work. Uh, I think he's, I think he's good, but I don't get like when he talks, I don't feel it as much as I do with other guys. And I think that hurts him a little bit in my eyes. And the funny thing about Corbin, I like, I just want to throw this out there. You know, like I said, I watch wrestling with my family. My daughter loves King Corbin. Like she, like one of her favorite ones, and I just don't like. I, I, I even I don't get. I don't tell her that I don't get it, but I don't necessarily get it because like she likes all the people you think she would, right? But then there's, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I really love King Corbin. I'm like, really? Okay. Well, the, the funny thing is, um, and maybe this should have heard of a media presence, um, but King Corbin is a fantastic kill, but Tom Pestock might be one of the coolest human beings. You'll ever fucking meet. Yeah, he's cool as shit. Yeah. 
So I mean, like, I don't, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think my niece is out here on the internet and on Twitter following him looking at his cooking video. Yeah, I Maybe am. Maybe she is. Yeah, I am too. Uh, <laughs> but there is something inherently cool about Corbin. Yeah. And to Corbin's credit, especially with before he became King of the Ring when he had the, the sheriff mm-hmm. gimmick, right? Yeah, yeah. He tried his best to be as uncool as humanly possible. Right. Um, yeah. So I don't I, I I'm I I'm here for Corbin a revamp and um I'd like to see them do King of the Ring twenty twenty one and let Corbin defend his crown against Woods, who Woods has says that's his only thing left in wrestling he wants to do is win King of the Ring. Right, and uh, you know, let let Corbin be different and do something again. Give him, give him some purpose, because he is kind of languishing. But even in languishing, Corbin always has an air of importance around him. So I agree. And before we move on, I just want to say this one thing about Corbin. There are a lot of guys on that roster. Like you ever, you ever see those um, questions that are like, if if you could have a beer with anybody, or if you could hang out with anybody, Corbin is like the one dude on that roster. If I could like hang out with for a day. Have a couple of beers, eat yeah. one of his amazing cooking burgers or steaks. Like that's the guy I would hang out with. With Corbin, I no think that, you know I what I mean. Think if I'm not pick, if I'm not picking a woman because I want because you know I don't want to be that guy, right? Uh, it probably Corbin would be top top three. Yeah, he's someone that like you could see yourself like chilling with and probably having a good like. He probably throws a good party. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, ain't no probably, homie. Trust me. I've yeah. heard enough stories. Um, so let's let's go to our number 11. And I think our number 11 should give you an idea of how, how tough top 10 is on SmackDown. I think SmackDown has by far the best top 10 of the three. Yeah. And our number 11 on SmackDown and the last person who just missed the cut is the Swiss cyborg Cesaro. Um, Cesaro's score for me was a 8.6 average. Carl gave him a 8.5 average, which gave him an 8.55 average. Yeah. Now, Go ahead. Uh, I just, I'm, look, okay. And I want you to expound upon this too, because I know you have a very storied history with Cesaro on the interwebs. But I just want to say this. Cesaro is a guy that's a very tough, a tough guy to surmise because he has a million strengths and he has a million weaknesses, but he is the most consistent guy probably on the roster next next to Ziggler. He has the longevity. He and he he does everything he's asked to do with at the best of his ability. Right now, we are in the midst of a major moment. Cesaro and uh, you and I were laughing and joking that if Roman wins at Wrestlemania what's the next big feud for him yeah and we both laughed and said what if it's Cesaro and Cesaro beats him yeah yeah and that's not conjecture anymore that's not just us that's not it's not laughable anymore it's very possible and so uh, Cesaro being 11 when you see the guys that the the guys and girls that made it over him makes sense. Yeah, it does. It's not it's not a slight by any stretch of the imagination. But I know too in other years we would have done this list, he would have been much lower. Yeah. And I don't I can't speak I, I don't know if there's very many guys on very many guys 
on that on any of these brands that would have the fluctuation a guy like Cesaro might have. So is do you think it's more booking or more the character? Oh, man, you know, I think one thing that hurts Cesaro a little bit overall, and this isn't a slight to him because he can't help it, he's this good, is he spent a lot of time in tag teams. Yes. Uh, and, and, and he can't help it. He's a great tag. He might be one of the greatest tag team wrestlers of all time. Like, I, I, it's almost hard to argue. Everybody he tags with. They look at the tag team always rules. I loved the bar, right? Before when he was with Tyson Kidd, they were amazing. Uh, him and Shinsuke, not quite as great as the others, but still good and enjoyable, you know? Um, I think that hurts him uh, or has hurt him in the past. We talked about before we, we got on here, I, I kind of had a, like a little bit of a revelation recently about him and, and how I view charisma uh, for guys. Um, I used to always view it as in a way like mic work and how those things come across. But Cesaro has a different kind of charisma that I'm, I'm starting to kind of come around to as a fan, as I evolve. And yeah, he's not a great mic worker necessarily, but in the ring, he's got a charisma. You can't teach the Swiss cyborg thing is real. He looks like the Terminator, the T T 1000 or whatever out there, everything he does. Like it's, it's so like when he gets on a roll, and there's that one clip of him from a few years ago where he does like everything. Like, I can't. Oh, I, the, the greatest hot tag ever. Yes. Yeah, like that. That is a charisma that is unmatched, and I'm learn. I'm allowing myself to like be more open to those kinds of things now, and I think that's part of the reason why Cesaro has jumped a little bit for me is because of those sure. things. And like now, I'm starting to buy him as a legitimate force even if he has a short title reign as someone who could win a championship and be it's not the top guy but hold that title for a month two months three months you know and see what he can do with it the thank you reign as we talked about earlier um those kinds of things man like i really like cesaro i'm looking like the match against rollins at wrestlemania is the match like that the most the match i'm looking most forward to in terms of non-title uh, because I think they just tear the house down, you know? Sure. So there's just, it's funny. Like you said, if you go back, maybe we do this last year or the year before, who knows where he's at, but he's not that close to the top 10, you know? And once again, it'll be another thing. When you look at our top 10, you're going to be like, damn, you know, it's close. He missed it by like just a little bit. So I think it's a testament to him. And I don't necessarily, I, you asked me the original question, is it booking? Or is it the character? And now I think I would probably lean more booking. Because before, I think I probably would have said character. But I think he's developed that a lot more over the last couple of years. Well, that's why I think it's character. Because I can't put my finger on it. And maybe that goes against my point. But there is something different about him. And what it, I, think what, I think what it comes down to is, and this is cliche, but it's timing. I know people hate this, this saying, but timing really truly is everything. And um, I think the timing has worked out for him, whether that it's uh, in the pandemic, we have a better appreciation for what's happening in the ring because there's no crowd to distract you. Sure. Whether it's that in the pandemic, there we don't have as many people working um, because of 
people getting sick or people sitting out or whatever it is. And so there's a renewed focus on him. Um, I don't know what it is. It maybe it's that the um the the um the foundational faces of the company are heels. And so because of that, Cesaro is much higher on the totem than he would have been had Roman and Seth still been faces. And maybe that helps. I don't know what it is, but the timing just feels right for him. And it could be booking. It very well may be booking, but I, it's, he feels he's doing something different. I, I think for the first time in his career, outside of the, of the tag teams with TJ and with Sheamus, for the first time in his singles career, he feels comfortable. Yeah, I, I can agree with you on that. And I also want to I want to point out, I want to mention, you talked about the pandemic maybe kind of changing the way we look at stuff a little bit. He is an MVP of the pandemic. He is a contender for MVP of this pandemic because he's been there since this started. And he was, we were seeing Cesaro weekly. The first know? match, the first match when WWE went to the Performance Center and the, everything shut down. The very first match was Daniel Bryan versus Cesaro. Yeah. So your facts. He absolutely has been one of the MVPs of the pandemic. Yeah, and I that should not like we should think about that when we talk about him. He is if you need work, if you need a workhorse, you got one in someone like him. You know, because he, he loves wrestling. He loves it. He says it on the damn shirt that he's been wearing, you know, love wrestling. Like he does. So I think. I think you're right. Timing is everything. That's a good, really good point and something worth considering. And if we revisit this in a year, who knows? Maybe Cesaro will be in the top 10. Maybe it'll be a little bit higher. You know, who knows? Well, if we revisit in this year, Cesaro may be a former that former WWE champion. So, yeah, no, no doubt. No doubt. Yeah. Um, let's run through NXT real quick and then let's uh, put a bow in this. Um, but NXT, and once again, I want to remind you guys, NXT is my show. It's my favorite show. Um, and Carl did his give him all the credit word. He did his best. He struggled with a lot of this NXT stuff because a lot of these guys he doesn't know their finishers, or a lot of these guys he's never heard talk, and a lot of these guys he doesn't know things about. And he went out of his way to figure it out. And I give him, I appreciate that. And I think that we have a very good NXT list, um, comparable to if I were to make my own. And number 13 to express that is probably uh, one of the best champions in the business to date. And that is the Cruiserweight champion, the true NXT Cruiserweight champion. That is the emperor himself, Santos Escobar. I gave him an 8.8. Carl gave him a 8.3. His cumulative score is a 8.55. What do you know about Santos Escobar, sir? What, like what, what, what do you, what stands out about him to you? So the one thing about about Escobar, okay? And like you mentioned before, I don't, I just want to make it really clear when we talk about uh, some of these guys. I haven't, I don't watch weekly NXT. Um, like we talk, you know, there's only so much time in the day for me. I've got a lot going on in my, in my life. I do watch the takeovers um, and I will seek out, I, I have seeked out episodes and things like that before. The one thing about Santos that I really do like, um, very fluid. The stuff that he does in the ring is, is very seamless. We talked about it earlier with Ricochet um, in terms of like 
how someone could be so seamless in the ring and the things that they do. Um, so, you know, for instance, he's got a 10 and in ring ability for me. Right. Um, we're just kind of going through some of those things. I haven't, I, I really, he's got a great finishing move. I was like, when I had to look that one up to be fair, but I did, I, I, I like this. I like this finishing move. I didn't give it a 10, but I gave I'm, it an eight. You know, I'm not, a, I'm, yeah, I'm not a fan of the cradle shock. I've seen it too much, but and that, yeah, yeah. And that's, that's okay. Uh, and also when we got to NXT, the one thing about, and I did, we, I did the, we did the NXT list last mostly. It took me a few days of almost a week or two to get, I could get this one done. Um, it's so hard to stand out in NXT, like because a lot of these guys, in my opinion at least, not the same, but they're all so great in terms of re- as far as wrestling goes. When you go through our in-ring ability list, man, there's so many tens on this list. Yeah, it's it's insane. Yeah, you know, and so it's really hard. It's going to be really hard to crack the top ten in general. Um, so that said, I like what I see. I would like to see more. He's someone that like I need to watch more of. If I'm being completely honest, um, I don't feel bad about him not being on our top ten necessarily. Uh, with the exception of maybe there might be one guy on here that it's like, eh. There know. are two. There are two that I can understand. I could be comfortable being on. Right, right, right. Okay, that's fair. And once we get there, we'll get there. You know. But yeah. So yeah. I mean, he's. I mean, no. It's no. There's no shame in being where he's at. Put it that way. Um, once we get, once we finish number eleven, I want to tell an interesting tidbit about our NXT list. Um, but um, to to kind of put a bow on Santos before we move to number twelve, um, the thing that Santos does better than I think almost anybody in the entire company is he does what Jim Ross talks about all the time. He maximizes his minutes. He maximizes his minutes better than damn near anybody in the entire company. When he's out there, whether he's out there for a promo for two minutes, backstage promo with Mackenzie Mitchell, in-ring match, whether Legato is in a tag match and he's just standing at ringside. Everything about him, he takes advantage of that time. He has a fantastic look, whether that's dressed in his suits or whether that's in-ring. The the playing off with of the of the the fact that he used to be El Hijo del Fantasma with the mask is beautifully done. He got a presence like very few people are like him. And this man's ain't but five foot nine, five foot ten, one hundred and ninety five pounds, right? Yeah. Of course, he's great in ring. Of course, his uh, specialty skills are gonna be high. He. The difference between a guy like Kim and Andrade, and this isn't fair, but is that. Escobar speaks fluent English. And so the promos that Vince would want Andrade to cut, Escobar killing that in NXT. You know, Escobar is so good that they that they gave him a mini feud with Karrion Cross, who hasn't lost a match in two years. That's how good Escobar is. So yeah. um looking forward to the latter match for the Cruiserweight Unification. But, but He's right where he should be on the precipice of the top 10. Maybe another year with um, more big-name feuds, maybe moving past the Cruiserweight division a bit. He will be in that top 10. Um, at number 12, I am, I'm 
comfortable saying because I'm a little shocked that she didn't make the top 10. And that is the NXT Women's Champion, the uh, <laughs> word to uh, Morrow, the, the Joshi Judas, Io Shirai. And both of us gave her, and this is her cumulative average, an 8.6. Yeah, so I'm looking at EO, and it, it, like based on the list I'm looking at, I haven't really like, like I haven't really like delved into the scores per se, but she would be she would have been our top woman on the roster. She is I, yeah, that, and I think that's fair. Uh, and I, the unfortunate thing about that is I was really hoping with all of our lists that we'd have a few women in the top ten on all of them. Uh, because I don't, I don't, and I'm not, this isn't like woke Carl talking, but I don't want to come across as someone who doesn't, uh, appreciate the women on the rosters. You know what I mean? But once well, again, no, that, that was a tidbit I was going to say for the end, but yes, in a shock, the, the, it's said all the time that NXT has the best women's division in the world. And I believe that not one woman made our top 10 list. And that's crazy to me. Yeah, it is crazy. And I think, you know, there's at least one person on here who will probably get shit on for saying because, you know, you know, I know you know who I'm talking about. Just I sure at the do, list. and I don't care because that person right. deserves it. I know. So, but that said, I mean, look, Theo's amazing. I think some things that hurt her are probably microphone skills, um, you know, and it is what it is. Like, you, you, you what are you going to do? Like we're having this list and we're creating this list and sh and to be where she's at with some of the results that we gave some of these people are, is really hard to do. Um, I'm looking at it just a little bit and there's probably some, she was a 10 in entering ability, a 10 in specialty skills for me, 10 finish and move like, but microphone work, right? I gave her a six, you know, I, yeah. so there's just Same some here. things there. Yeah, yeah. There's just some things there where it's like, some things hurt you, even if it's, it doesn't mean that she's not amazing. Right. But it's just, it's so hard. This, we talk about being exclusive on these lists. It's just really difficult. And she's, I love watching her. I, I mean, I just know that, um, you know, we'll probably catch a little bit of heat <laughs> for this. Uh, and that's okay. But yeah, I, I think that, um, she's definitely the best woman on the roster, even though I don't think I have her ranked as my top, number one which is no probably, you don't you have two people above her yeah but that's you know neither here nor there in terms of when we put it together but yeah so can, can we talk about if it's fair to give a person who doesn't speak english a low grade in my skills and let me tell you why i gave her a low grade it had nothing okay. to do with the fact that she does that she doesn't speak english and everything to do with the and everything to do with the fact that she doesn't have opportunities to speak right that's what it was for me, is that, and I'm sure that's because of her, 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 of her lack of English, because quite often she'll cut a promo in Spanish, but it's a sit down promo or one of those um, produced promos. Yeah. Uh, and they're, they're often very good. They're not saying anything of substance, but they are, they're solid, right? Um, very New Japan-esque. But that that I think that's a conversation that's important to have going forward with this list is should your should your uh, of wrestlers lack of English skills be a deterrent in their promo scores? 
Yeah, and I'm I'm sitting here thinking about it, and I think it's I think it's two part answer. I think the overarching answer is no, because if we if all we can do is say, oh well, they can't speak English, so their mic's work sucks, then that shows a little bit more probably ignorance on our part. Um, and I will be the first to admit that I factored it in. So if you want to throw that at my way, that's fair. But now as we're talking about it, and I'm listening to what you're saying. Not all mic work is just about the words that are spoken, but how they are, how they are spoken, uh, the, 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 the power that comes behind whatever is being said, right? So I think that going forward when we do things like this and we talk about microphone skills, we, can look, we should probably look past that a little bit more than we might in other circumstances. Now, that said, you go through the list here and... You know, I mean, there's still some people whose mic skills are just that good. And it's no slight to EO necessarily, but we're still, we're still humans and we still, we st we're still ignorant Americans to some degree, you know? And so people that when we know what they're saying, it, it helps, right? I mean, we just got to be honest with ourselves a little bit about that, I think. But yeah, I think you're right. I think that's um, something we should be considering uh, you, going forward with this, you know, and we'll talk about this more at another in another date. But you know, to to bring it to a more mainstream thing, because I want to finish off this list. Um, I think of a movie like Minari with Stephen Yoon, which is it should be up for best picture, but it instead or it, or what was the movie that won best picture last year? That was Parasite. Parasite. Yeah. Uh, Minari is an American. Is an American um, recorded film recorded about Korean Americans that speak Korean and it is listed as a foreign film. Yeah. Only because of the language, even though everything is in America about America. And so, knowing what no, just that thought process, I don't know if I'm proud of the score I gave for that, especially considering how that's the score that ever so slightly left her off the top 10. Uh, yeah. But again, we can't change our scores now, and maybe we'll be better about that later on. But it's an interesting conversation to have. Now, our number 11 guy, I, I want to admit and note, is has the exact same score as our number 10 guy. But we put our number 10 guy on the list for a reason. I'll, that's a tease for you. So I want to give love to our number 11 guy who quite frankly, probably deserve to be added to that top 10 list, but he's not for this for that very purpose. Shout out to Isaiah Swerve Scott. That may be a surprise to some of you who are watching NXT because he's not in prominent positions. But both Carl and I gave him an 8.7, which is his, his cumulative average. I'd also like to point out, shout out to the homie Richard Ladder from Social Suplex, who is his producer for his uh, last album and many of his songs pretty cool that isaiah rock with the squad like that but uh go ahead carl yes yeah, so swerve is one of those guys man i i so once again as we've talked about before i don't watch a lot of nxt i usually watch takeovers uh, and so what i get from guys a lot of times i've got either got to dig for it or i've seen them on a takeover or i've seen them maybe on a random episode swerve just he stands out he, yep. he okay so let me let me give you the compare we talked about it earlier someone that i rated very high Montez Ford that sort of stands out to me like a Montez Ford 
the things that he does scream superstar. You know what I mean? Like I just look at when I look, look at him and watch him in the ring and everything about him screams, this guy is a superstar. And I don't know if that will translate to the main roster if he ever moves there. I don't know. Um, but in NXT, he's not far, right? We just talked about he would he is the same score as one of our top ten guys for a for a specific reason. And I think that's more than fair. And I think we're I think we're pretty close. He's just I, I really enjoy sometimes you just watch a guy and you just when you watch him, you just enjoy what you're watching on the television screen, you know? And you don't look too far into like the intricacies of who they are or or this, that, and the other, you're just like, damn, I just really like that guy. And Swerve is that guy for me. Like, he's one of those guys that every time I've seen him, I've left impressed, and I'm like, this guy is special. So I think that helps. That helped me in terms of giving him a score because I haven't seen him just a ton, right? I haven't seen him as much as a lot of these other guys that are going to be in our top 10. So I think it says something, for me at least, about who he is and what he's capable of, the potential. So, yeah. So, the beauty of this sport, there is one particular guy on another show. I won't mention his name. I won't mention the brand because I want you to guys to keep listening. That that person's booking doesn't match where that person ends up in the top ten. Um, and Swerve is another guy. Because if you look at all of these things, all of these categories that we have listed, Swerve is top notch in all of them. media presence. The guy has a has a podcast that he does normally, and a podcast is on the WWE Network. On top of being a, a current artist who just released an album, I think he's okay in that. We know Swerve can talk. I think he's okay in that. Swerve's one of the best wrestlers in the company. I think he's okay in that. Swerve has a presence yeah. about him because there's he's so different than everybody else. I think. We can. I think he's okay in that. The dude clearly has versatility because he's played the face, played the heel, been in the main event. Now he's beating up Leon Ruff, who's, who was a jobber six months ago. I think he's okay in that. So he's really good at everything. It's just opportunities. And this list and these things show that and take away the booking. Takes away the favoritism of who's being put on screen in what position. And it just goes to show what a person is, is qualified for, what a person is worthy of. And Swerve, I think, is worthy of the position he's in. Well, and you talked about taking advantage of your minutes earlier when you were talking about Santos Escobar, right? And, the, and that's Swerve Scott, right? He does the same thing. He takes advantage of his minutes. And because of that, he is, in all, he is technically tied in the top 10 for us. And, I mean... When you look at the, when you listen to this list as we go forward, you're going to be like, "Well, damn, you know, <laughs> like what are you going to do?" So I think I think it's a very similar situation with Santos, you know. Yeah, facts. Um, so once again, just to kind of run through this list, your honorable mentions for Raw: number thirteen is The Miz, number twelve is Naomi, number eleven is MVP for SmackDown, number. 13 is tied with Shinsuke Nakamura and Jey Uso. Number 12 is King Corbin. Number 11 is Cesaro. And for NXT, number 13 is Santos Escobar. Number 12 is Io Shirai. And number 11 is Isaiah Swerve Scott. Ladies and gentlemen, I 
appreciate you guys listening to us. I know this went a little long, but I think it's important to set the scene. We're going to be blowing through these next episodes. They'll be much shorter, but they'll be just as fun. Um, let us know what you think. Um, let us know your opinions. We're going to start tweeting out the lists once we start um, posting the lists to, to kind of give you guys a better idea to understand where we, you know, where we, where we came from and ideas and whatnot. Um, but I really want you guys to understand this is a labor of love. This is something that we've been trying to get the time and the uh, motivation to do for years. And yeah. if, I, if, I'm, if I'm completely honest, the entire reason Carl and I started podcasting was because we wanted we didn't want to write this we wanted to do it on air and yeah. we got we got offered an opportunity that led to us starting the original podcast SMC which turned into the outsider's edge um so i just I, I want you guys to know how important this is to both of us and uh yeah man i look forward to it uh last thoughts before we get out of here sir yeah, I really hope that this is something that comes across as fun and we can engage with some people. Um, you know, I know that I do a lot of shit posting on, on Twitter, but at the same time, I like to have a good conversation too. So we haven't gotten into our top tens yet, but if you are listening to the nine, actually 10 names that we listed tonight in terms of guys that guys or gals that just missed our top 10, let us know what you think. If you think to yourself, holy hell, how did Io Shirai not make the top 10 of NXT, even without hearing our top 10, that's fine. I want to know about it. Let us know. We, we want to hear from you guys. It's not just about us putting this together and doing it because we're trying to do it for ourselves. It's not, it is for us, but at the same time, it's for you guys too. So if you hear something that you are not sure about, let us know. Let's talk about it because that's the whole purpose of some of this stuff. You know, we want we want to engage with you guys. And yo, check this out. Don't be bitching at us like y'all did at Ryan Satin about his A plus and list because ours is quantifiable. He just randomly did stuff. We have concrete, actual categories that we we that garnered these scores. So tell us if you think we're wrong. Tell us if you think we're stupid. But at least understand that there is rhyme and reasoning to this other than, ah, well, you know, this guy isn't there, so he gets out. Yeah, and I think I, we tried to explain how we went about approaching the scores, right? So Yeah, well, that's what this whole episode was for. So, um, yeah, I hope this gives you a good idea of where we come from. Um, I want to remind you guys, first and foremost, to follow the show at uh, Outsiders HCS, which is where you'll be getting all this information from the uh, of course the podcast will drop and we'll retweet it from my personal accounts, but it'll drop on this account as well as the list once uh, this show drops. It'll be coming from Outsiders HCS. Check that out. Homie at Outsiders Edge. If you give me this list, if you give me the, the uh, handle, I'll let you be the third on the list next year. How about that? <laughs> Um, also don't forget to follow us, follow the brand at, uh, Chairshot Media. Um, and of course go to the chairshot.com and, um, also prowrestlingtees.com slash chairshot. Buy some shirts. Your boys got an Outsiders Edge shirt, among other things, Ben Wagon Nerds, the winner is you, the original Corona shirt, not the virus. 
um, you know, hashtag Jesus did the job, a million different shirts that are very affordable and fun and continue to help this brand and this uh, venture stay fun. And, and by the way, I have a, I just, I have a t-shirt idea, but this is oh. the total, this is, yeah, this is the, this is the total package series, right? And okay. there's only, there was uh, the original total package is known as Lex Luger. How about a shirt that's like, not necessarily Lex Luger, but someone who's kind of outlined like Lex Luger doing the torture rack on the words, the total package, like kind of like, I don't know. I've got something in my head like that. That looks like that. If this gets high, Mike Fergus, you'll be getting a message from me. soon. <laughs> I just Shout say out to my graphics guy, Mr. Mike Fergus. I can be found at it's Ray cash. It's R E Y as in Mysterios, the A S H as in dollars. Of course, by the time you're listening to this, the outsider's edge will be back. You can catch that us every Friday on uh, the chair shot radio network around one, 2 PM um, every Friday. And uh, go ahead, Carl. Yeah, you can you can catch me on Twitter at Outsider Curvin. That's K E R V I N. Um, I'm trying to be a little bit more uh, not as awful as I am sometimes on Twitter, but you know, <laughs> hey, go yeah. happen. You know, every now and then, like once a month, I'll throw something out there, and someone gets mad at me. So, uh, hey, so a peacock has to spread his wings. Yeah, you like right. the pun there. Peacock, hey, I, yeah, hell yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah. Um, I'm really looking forward to continuing and doing getting these these episodes in and and letting people know how we think, how we come about, uh, who our guys are, who our top guys are. Yes, sir. And um, this is not a traditional Outsiders Edge podcast, but I don't want to not shout out uh, the third member of the Click. Uh, shout out to Kyle. You can follow him at Doctor S'mores. Uh, but. We want to remind you to always use your head. And, uh, of course, that's that's the slogan. Um, anything else you want to say before we get out of here? Uh, well, I'm not going to do the normal clothes because I'm bad at it. But I will just say. Well, we don't give a fuck. That's definitely. Yeah, ex- exactly. So, you know, we're just a couple of increasingly do older don't, men. Don't. don't <laughs> Cal, Cal has it perfect. Don't, he does. This I is know. In the I, edge, so let's not let's not sully I'm, that. I'm not gonna st- I'm not gonna step on his gimmick. Just know that we don't give a fuck. <laughs> we appreciate you guys listening. And uh, next up on the list, the top ten of Raw. We'll see you guys next time. See you next time. <laughs>